The following program contains views that are not those of WVTC, iNetworks Communications, their subsidiaries, affiliates, or financial supporters. Welcome to the Declaring War segment by the RSVP Show, where we get to the root of things and apply the Word of God to every aspect of our lives. Worship, application, and read is how we declare war upon the enemy and bring the light of God and His love for us into every atmosphere. Join your host, author, and singer-songwriter, April D. Metzler, as she and a few special guests dive deep into Scripture and demonstrate the Bible in action through their testimony. April is passionate about understanding the heart behind every subject and helping you pursue a relationship with God for a victorious life every day. Are you ready for real, candid, and vulnerable conversations about God, His Word, and His love for you? Grab your Bible, pen, and study pad, and let's get it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another broadcast here on WBTC Radio. I'm your host, April Metzler, and I am here to share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Enter applause, enter praise, enter worship. It's going to be good, y'all. We are in Galatians 5, which is a chapter that many, many people use for encouragement. Um, they talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And you got all of the many moving parts of that. And we are going to be diving into that today. So if you have your Bibles, that's awesome. If you have your study pad and a writing utensil, that's even more awesomer. And yes, I just said awesomer. So we will be entering this whole thing, though, as we do here, through prayer first. And so if uh, you have heard some churches, which are awesomer churches, we'll just go with that word today, um, they will call the the prayer team or the the prayer warriors or the prayer groups, you know, their, their powerhouses or their engines or the fueling forces, you know, behind the move of God in their church and in their communities. And so um, there is so much sound counsel in seeking prayer time with the Father, uh, finding those times to Submit all of the things that you have going on in your day to consider what to do about them or how to respond or how to engage or how to step out or how to move um, just by taking that time and asking God, what will you have me do in these things? And so it's it's very uh, interesting what you can learn and grow in very quickly if you would submit those things to the Father uh, in those prayer petitions. And so there's many reasons why we we pray, um, but one of them is building that relationship with, with Father God and learning how to flow in being taught the Word of God through the Spirit. And He leads us and guides us into all truths that are found in this Word, right? So glory to God, we're going to go ahead and prepare this space Whatever you've had going on today, whatever has hit you between square between the eyes or even in the back, we're going to lay it all down and we're going to let God have his way right now in this moment and just hear his word. And 
when we prepare that space in our hearts and our minds and we we dwell upon meditate on the things of God and don't allow those distractions to steal our focus then we we have prepared basically good ground good soil for the seed to settle into so that it can take root and grow right and so that's what we're going to do through prayer go ahead and bow your heads with me unless of course you're driving and you're tuning into wvtc radio on the app or online through streaming um just don't just don't bow your head just keep driving keep your eyes on the road you know right between those two lines right there just keep it straight walk straight steady but drive in that case all right dear heavenly father thank you so much for this time with my brothers and sisters in Christ and all of the listeners that tune in here today, I just ask for a blessing to be upon them. I ask that your peace that surpasses all understanding that guards their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus be initiated now in the name of Jesus in their environment. Just let them be saturated with that peace and that understanding that you have compassion towards them that you have endured so much for us, Jesus, as you have came and you've given your life for us. And so we rest in the, the knowledge that everything that was supposed to be accomplished here on earth is already done. It's already taken care of. It's already resolved. It's already tended to. And all we have to do is come to you, God, as our father and seek you in these matters to know the solution, to know the answer, to get the provision, to get the healing, to get the answer and solutions that we need in our day-to-day -day lives for ourselves and for others. And so just help us to learn that, help us to, to know that even more than we did yesterday, even if it's something that we already have heard a gazillion times, draw us deeper into the knowledge and awareness of just how much your faithfulness is, just how great your trustworthiness is, and just how many things, which is everything, just how many of those, every last bit of it that we can give to you, knowing that what you have in return for us is greater than what we could give ourselves or what we could do for ourselves. And just lead us into the everlasting way that you set before us so that we don't stray and so that we don't try to find our own way in the darkness and the wilderness of life. Um, and just, God, just bring about a sharper, keener awareness of who you are to us in every aspect. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to the knowledge of you in Christ Jesus and the love that just surpasses all understanding, that covers a multitude of sins, that that no one even can fathom really the, the, the simple fact of eternity that comes to mind. You give us life and life eternal through Jesus Christ. What does that look like, Father? Teach us, lead us, and guide us in all of these truths by the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, you guys. So, you ready for this? Chapter 5, Galatians is where we're at. He's already dealt with the confrontation. We'll just do a quick recap here. There was false teachers that had infiltrated the church body, right? And he dealt with all of that nonsense, but in love. He confronted it and directly addressed it and did the warning, the caution, the admonishing, but also the encouragement. He partnered that with 
um, acknowledging that when he first left, you know, they were, they were doing great. They were on the right track. And all you got to do is just get back to that, just slightly pivot back over to there and you'll be in that full alignment and abiding that, that we have. And so he delved into that and he talked about, um, you know, a little bit of admitting to fearing on behalf of the church, basically, that uh, a lot of the work that he had established could have possibly been in vain, his concerns, because they weren't heeding his cautions and warnings, and he was having to address them in this way. Um, he was concerned that they had fallen away from, basically, the belief in Jesus by faith, and they were going back to a lot of legalistic ways where they were trying to be justifying their 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 relationship with God, basically, the that they were earning it. They were trying to, do, you know, trying to do something in a performance basis to acquire the grace of God instead of um, relying on understanding that Jesus was the Savior, right? And Paul had already established that. You know, he had already given them the new covenant understanding and went about his way on a different, you know, church. And so now he was, he's having to write them and try his best diligently trying to realign. And so we're, we're here not justified by works, but, you know, faith and, and works is just that response of our faith in, in Christ. It's like a, it's like an answer. It's a, it's a response of love. You've done all of this for me. You know, you finally acknowledge that Jesus did all this for you and you're made in right standing with God. And there's just this, immense amount of grace and mercy that and forgiveness that has been bestowed on you. You've got this new relationship, newness in general, your new self, right? The old is done away with. And the work that we do, they're they're good works and they're works of love unto one another, right? And so and it's it literally shines the light of God in the world when we do these things. And and it's not really anything. It's not like you should be able to sit there and, and do like, oh, I did the most works. I did a hundred different things today for God. Was it really for God? Why were you keeping track of them? You know? And so it's it's not about how many. It's not about what we do. It, it's really about the motive of the heart behind what we do and understanding that you're not trying to achieve anything. Jesus already did everything that, that was needed to be done already done it's just a gift all you have to do is receive it and walk in it and so we're here in, in Galatians 5 and it talks about in my NASB translation uh, Christian liberty is what it's titled here and in verse 1 it says it was for freedom that Christ set us free therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery behold Guys, remember, anytime that the word behold comes up or therefore or for or, you know, all of those attention getting statements, I want you guys to really pay attention to what is written before and what is written after, immediately after that word, those keywords, right? And so um, it says, behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. 
And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Now, again, I told you guys, you know, they were getting a little bit twisted, but it wasn't really their fault. They had these people that were coming into the flock and all it takes, I'm telling you guys, I've told, told a lot of people this and maybe not on these broadcasts here at WBTC radio, but I'm, it's just think about it. Come on now. Satan's been doing his thing for how long? Over 2000 years, right? As far as that time frame is concerned, we're not talking about before Christ, but yeah, 2000, just, just think about 2000 years. And all it takes in each generation is injecting like one or two deceptions, one or two lines of lies that are just slightly off. They're 95% right. It sounds right. It sounds right. It sounds good, actually. It makes me feel good. So therefore, it must be good, right? Um, and just doing that one, two, three, maybe each generation. And we were centered and grounded in the foundation of Christ here at the very beginning. But by, after 2,000 years of just a little bit slight deception, we're way off the mark now. And so that's just an, you know, an example that you can take home, put in your back pocket and think about, right? And uh, just meditate on that for a little bit. So what it, what that point is of that whole thing, though, is to... Bring it back to the word of God and do your due diligence on studying what these words mean in the original Greek and Hebrew, not just what it's been translated to multiple times. We don't want to lose context and we don't want to lose meaning. But when something sticks out to you in the word of God, definitely go and check it out. So he's talking here. He said basically that you don't want to go seeking after the things of this world or some kind of process of works or holding um, every single commandment. I don't know if they could have even done that at this point. There were so many laws and rules in place. Um, surely you would fall short by that. But then you would be having to, if you if you fell, followed the commandments of the law at that time, before the new covenant was established, then you'd have to go through the atonement process and submitting, you know, the sacrifices and the whole shebang that Jesus already did all that for. He already established that. And so what Paul was saying here is that you're literally discounting Christ by doing all of these things. And it's a, it's a grace. You, you're literally falling from grace when you do that. You've abandoned, you know, the Savior. And you're trying to do it on your own. Harsh, yes, but it had to be said because that's literally what they were doing. They were trying to achieve righteousness through works and through all of these laws of commandments. And that's what they were talking. He's talking about with the circumcision, which is something that would have been, you know, required in the Old Testament and the culture of that day. And so if you're going to submit to that after you know Christ and you're going to revert back to these old ways then, you know, that's what you're doing is you're, you're rejecting Jesus. And uh, he didn't say it mean though. He's just saying it bluntly. You know, it's very easy to uh, accept bad medicine, you know, when it's truth. <laughs> it's not, you know, it doesn't feel good, but it, it still is what it is, right? 
And so five goes on and says, for we through the spirit by faith are waiting for the hope of righteousness for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working through love. And he goes, of course, he's right. He's all about trying to redeem his brothers and sisters in this moment. And he's trying to draw them back into alignment. And he talks about the, how love fulfills a law here. And we're in verse seven. And it says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him, Jesus, who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. And so, of course, you know, there's so many cross-reference scriptures that we can go into. Uh, leaven is something that was used quite often in scriptures to talk about sin uh, being injected into the bread. Um, and so, of course, when you when you put that in there and you've got, let's say, let's go back to our example of Satan's deception and his tactics, right? You've got 95% right and 5% wrong is still 100% wrong. And so it's it's one of those things where, you know, there's... <laughs> it's like the horseshoes and hand grenades. There's no, that's the only thing that there's a almost or, or whatever in um, that it counts, right? Almost doesn't count, but in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with that old saying, but that's, that's true. Like when you play horseshoes, if it's leaning up against and it didn't actually, the horseshoe didn't go around the stake, it's still a point. And then, of course, we all know if a hand grenade almost hits you and misses you by whatever amount, that definitely counts because that means that you're still alive. So um, in this instance, though, he's talking about the fact that, you know, a little bit, literally, it, it kills the whole part of it. And so a little bit of sin will kill the whole body. And that's, it's just one of those things where we submit and we commit our lives to God. You know, we put them at the, we put our sins here at the cross. And even when we stumble and we fall, we still literally go back to that. Hey, I need your forgiveness. I know where I got the forgiveness. So how about I make sure that I go back to the one who offered the grace, who offered the forgiveness, who offered the mercy in his choice to give his life and lay it down for me, you know? And so we remind our hearts of these things. We remind ourselves that the father is quick to forgive and he doesn't hold a grudge. And these things are covered by the blood of Christ. And so we can't allow condemnation to creep in when leaven in this instance does happen, but we do immediately repent of those things, humble ourselves repent, turn from the wickedness of whatever that was, because all, you know, all sin and iniquity is, is just a, in the same bucket in the Proverbs books of wisdom of, of wickedness or foolishness. And sometimes we do things that we don't even, 
know that we're doing or we're not definitely not doing it intentionally and still yet we repent of those things if if pride be in the way then it blocks the realignment and so i encourage you no matter what it is to humble yourself and just admit whatever it is so that you can move forward move beyond it and be free of it and so that's um it doesn't matter if it's just a little or a lot. It's still going to ruin it. And so it comes in and he, he, Paul says that, you know, he has confidence in, in them, of course, in the Lord. And what does that mean? It's like they've already accepted Jesus Christ as, our, as the Lord and Savior. So it's the Lord that is within us, right, and abides with us always that the confidence rests in. You know, it's not in the flesh of the person by any means. And so he's exhorting them to to stay in that abiding state, in that alignment state um, so that they will not adopt another view. Right. And then, of course, he he does uh, drop the hammer, per se, if you will. It's a phrase, colloquial phrase, this direction. But he he establishes that there are consequences to actions and makes it very clear that there are consequences to leading people astray. And so when it comes to um, the application of that, we would be talking about the weight of responsibility that is on anybody that is in leadership. And the gravity of the situation is that we will be held accountable for every careless word that is spoken. And so what does it look like to have that come about upon us you know are we being mindful are we being um intentional with our word usage are we are we slow to speak and slow to become angry and and making sure that the lips that we do have are yielded that the tongue that we do have is yielded to what god would have to say in any given moment yeah you, you're like man april that's pretty strict well I didn't say it. The Bible said it. You know, it talks about the tongue being a consuming fire. You know, who can bridle it? Well, Jesus can bridle it. Holy Spirit can bridle it. We, in our own strength, that's like, that's just like swinging a bat at the wind and trying to say that you hit a home run. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen, dude. Um, it's like, uh, shadow boxing that's that's a scripture that's in that's pretty interesting if you go in it he's like we're not those who are doing that we're not doing the shadow boxing no we're actually making an impact we're doing the work and we're making sure that it's kingdom work right anyways that's a whole other teaching but i want you to really think about and meditate on the if you are a leader and on this broadcast the importance and value and the weight of responsibility in that role of leadership because you have an influence one way or the other and your words and your choices and the things that you even think upon will be witnessed by those around you and so then how much more careful should we be when we when we speak, when we do, when we 
respond because we don't want to be those who react to circumstances. We want to be those who take a step back, pray within that very moment. God, what would you have me do or say in this? Yield our flesh to whatever Holy Spirit has to say, right? Bring it all under the obedience of Jesus Christ and then speak and then respond, not react, right? I just encourage you guys to look at those matters because we don't want to be all up in our flesh and we definitely don't want to have to sit there and account for someone losing their heart for God because we just broke it, right? And uh, we're in verse 11, and it says, But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. See, he's getting to the point where he's just done with it. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever been just done with that? I mean, at this point... The people that were that were infiltrating the body of Christ were actually claiming to say that Paul agreed with these false teachings. And so now he's at the point where he's like, man, you know what? What is the point of everything that I have taught you if I was sitting here agreeing with the opposite of what I taught you? You know, that doesn't make any sense. Um, of course, he's <laughs> he's uh, he's getting pretty extreme on here, though, as far as the the mutilate themselves. But he's it's actually a Greek word that was used for um, meaning to castrate themselves. And yes, this is something that is is pretty intense. But he's he's basically the, these teachers were insistent on a circumcision, right, and that you had to be. And that would mean that you are pleasing God, right? And so if you're going to go ahead, if you're going to claim that Jesus is, is not the access, Jesus is not the reconciliation, and that his whole thing that he did was in, in vain, if that's what you're going to claim to these church brethren and, and brothers and sisters in Christ, then... Why don't you, if circumcision is required, well, let's just go ahead and take it to the extreme and just chop that off. <laughs> and that's, that's what he's saying. I'm not making this up, right? This is literally in the Bible. If you don't believe me, go read it. And if you don't have your Bibles open and you're, read, you're not reading along, then, you know, uh, yeah, go get your Bible for next time so we can read along. But for sure, dive into Galatians 5. So it says in 13, for you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 15 says, but if you bite and devour one another, take care that you, you are not consumed by one another. And that's like a very interesting imagery you know it's um it's it's really something that can easily happen if we are not careful uh, to 
serve others, you know, and be kind to others and be considerate and think about how we can be of benefit to other brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, if we're seeking our own way, if we are um, seeking our own glory, there's a lot of things that can happen as a result of our choices to do those things. And one of them is the following away of the brethren, you know, things like, oh, that church is full of hypocrites. Oh, or uh, what about if you, you know, run others down or if you judge others or things like that. And, but then you claim to be a Christian, you know, these things are happening now. And it's one of those, those deals where he's just trying to tell him, you know, if you don't love one another, if you're not serving others and, you know, loving on them and, and literally being the image bearer of love through Jesus Christ by the grace of God, you know, with the spiritual awareness and understanding of what that even is, you know, the understanding and knowledge that we get from that through the spirit of the fear of the Lord, right? If you're not going to do that, you better be careful because you're just going to tear one another up. And it, it is the case. I mean, you will dam you'll do more damage than good. I'd rather, it's almost like, and I don't know where it's at, but I, I think there's a place in here somewhere in scripture. I'd have to look it up. But it's, I'd rather you not even proclaim that you're a Christian if you're not going to seek after God. If you're not going to seek after his ways. You know, if you're, if you're not going to submit, if you're not going to humble yourself, if you're not going to obey his commandments and keep them. If you're not going to choose to walk in his way and you're wanting to do things half in and half out, lukewarm and, and going to and fro, you know, any given day. If you're not going to stand firm, if you're not going to commit, then don't don't say you're a Christian. If you're not all in. Don't say you are. So it gives off that impression that that this is the church. And what is that? That's not attractive. It's not attractive at all. It's if anything, it gives grounds for the enemy. It gives an opportunity for the enemy. It causing it causes stumbling blocks for brothers and sisters in Christ, as well as stumbling blocks of people that don't even know God. And they don't even get to come into the door because you got them tripping. Over all of that crap that you're operating in. So, you know, I mean, it's just, I'm not trying to be harsh about it, but please just, if, if you say you're a Christian, submit. If you say you're a Christian, humble yourself. Turn from the wickedness of the world. Be set apart as he calls us to. If you're going to say you're a child of God, act like a child of God. Behave like a child of God. Speak like a child of God. Be the light. Walk in the light. Walk by the Spirit. Walk in love. Walk in truth. Love God and love others, right? So walking in the Spirit is what it says in 16. Here we go. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. 
But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are, and here it lists it, right? Now, the law, just so you guys don't get it twisted, it's because you're spirit-led doesn't mean that you're a criminal and you're out there breaking laws. No, there's literally a scripture in here that says you need to obey the laws of the land. It's honor and uh, honoring those in authority. We can go on and on and on about that, that whole thing. But when it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Some translations say body. And then it says, what? And love others as, as you would yourself, right? And then fast forward and it says, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Okay. So we're going to list this. So 18 is not, you need to, you need to um, get multiple References in any type of verse. Don't sit here and take one verse and pull it out of context to justify bad behavior. That's not how it works. No. So um, 18 is not a license to go on a criminal spree across the nation. Don't do it. That's not what it says here. Um, it's not an enabling verse. It is a, you know, a freedom verse in that the legalism that these people were operating in based on the false teachers that were trying to teach them is not operating in the understanding that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and that grace covers those things, right? And so it has, one has nothing to do with the other. So make sure that you, you look through scripture when you are finding verses that stick out like that and you're like, oh, I get to do this, that, and the other. No, go find a parallel scripture, take the the root context that you're reading in that verse, like, and you would look at, you know, what does by the spirit look like, or what does under the law mean? And, you know, you would do your due diligence to study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of God, right? And so then we apply it, then we take it and put it into our lives in action, rightly, right? And so, um, anyways, so 19 says it starts this very detailed list, okay, of what not to do. It says, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, Outbursts of anger, disputes, been arguing lately, dissensions, factions, have you been causing people to split apart lately, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. The list is so lengthy here that he has to sit there and say, etc., etc., and hopefully the people that he's talking to, obviously, probably delved into the Proverbs that are listed of wisdom. I mean, those are things to be taught, right? 
of the Old Testament, you've got to understand that there is a good foundation of what to do and what not to do already established. Um, but we don't want to be, we don't want to be um, operating in the flesh is what he's trying to get across to these, these folks. Like the things that, that bring your flesh pleasure, you need to put on a shelf for a second and see what God has to say about these things. Like, what does that look like? To honor God in all of our ways. It says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. Wait, no, wrong one. Trust in the Lord your God with all your heart. Lean not unto your understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Right? So what does it look like to do that with everything? Your thoughts, the words you speak, the things that you choose to do. Remember, there's a choice. Everything starts with a thought, basically, and then you've got a choice to do it or not to do it, to say it or not to say it, to continue to meditate on it or to kick it out the door, right? But that's, you are in full control of that in your life. You can't control what others do, but you can control how you respond to what others do. And so it, it takes that understanding of leaning into the strength that is within you not your own strength right it's jesus christ has conquered all things he's overcome all things of this world right and so in him you have the strength to overcome all things there's no exception to all it's all things everything no matter what and so um Let's go on to after this list here. He says, and these thing, things like these of which I forewarn you, he's given them advanced warning, just as I have forewarned you. So he's having to repeat himself, right? He said it once. He said it once already to him at the beginning of their relationship with God through Jesus Christ, right? He, when the point they established that relationship, he already forewarned him. He's going to do it again. I'm going to forewarn you one more time. I'm going to give you another shot here to get this right. He says that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He makes it very blunt, makes it very simple. In this particular passage, I definitely challenge you guys to go find parallels to what that looks like. Who will inherit the kingdom of God and who will not inherit the kingdom of God? What happens if I don't keep his commandments? What happens if I do keep his commandments? What happens if I reject him, reject God, reject Jesus, reject the Holy Spirit? And what happens if I completely accept him, seeking him first? Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, right? What happens when I seek him diligently? Or I seek him while he still can be found? If I seek him with my whole heart, what happens? Those are pivotal scriptures that you can tie into um, the inheritance and you can also do some searches on inheritance itself and see what that looks like. Because you are, through Jesus Christ, 
made to be in right standing with God, reconciled back to God the Father through him. And we have this relationship now as an adoption relationship into this inheritance. We are children of God who can call him Abba Father. So what does it look like to be sons and God, sons and daughters of God in the kingdom of God? Inheriting these things by the blood of the Lamb and through the words of our testimony, overcoming these things. And, you know, of course, not, not loving our lives unto death, which would be the operation in the flesh part, right? All in. What does it look like? To operate like that on a daily basis. What does it look like to practice those things instead of these this what not to do list? What does it look like to replace those things? Each and every one of them. What's the opposite of drunkenness? It'd be sober, right? Sober minded. So go through scripture and find all of the references in in that bucket of where it says to be sober minded or to stay sober. Or to not give yourself over to wine or drunkenness, you know, find those scriptures and then practice them until they become your newness that is in Jesus. And you practice them when you're replacing old with new, you practice them until they you become, become whatever it is, you know, that newness. And you don't do that in your own strength. You rely on communion with God through that prayer. It says, never cease praying and giving thanks unto the Father for his provision, for his protection during the times that you're practicing these new ways of living. And all of that, you're constantly giving him worship and praise in advance enduring you know he's through him like glory to god i'm made new in him start speaking these things over your life as you're practicing these new ways of being and renew your mind the more that you say it and the more that you do it the more renewed you're going to get that's just how it is and it's not about works it's about building your relationship with god through trusting him to provide through that whole process for to trust him to teach you new ways to give you enlightenment in the heart and the eyes of your heart be enlightened right and to see how you fit into this family every every family under heaven right let's see Ephesians we want to go over there real quick he goes, appreciation for the mystery in Ephesians 3, it starts in 14. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. 
And then, of course, here's that that praise and honor and submission right here. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So, and of course, that after that, he's talking about walking in unity. He's like, I implore you. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. And then it lists all the stuff to do. So you've got what not to do over here in Galatians 5. And then we're going to flow into the opposite of those things a little bit here when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I implore you to do your your due diligence on studying a lot of those picture references and quotes and this, that, or the other, put a plural usage on the word fruits. And in our minds, it, uh, it separates them. And so it's like, oh yeah, I've got me some peace and I got me some joy and I got me some love. But I don't know about that patience and that self-control just ain't for me. And I just can't stand some people sometimes. So count kindness out, you know, and they and then you start separating the fullness of God. And in the text, it says, but the fruit. It's one fullness. It's the wholeness altogether. So when you see a picture or a quote, I'm telling you, it's just one, one, one thing slightly off. 95% right and 5% wrong is still 100% wrong. Don't separate the fullness of God that you have as a child of God as you yield and submit and follow him in his ways. Like there is a fullness there. You have the mind of Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are now complete in him. And so you have the Holy Spirit that dwells in you and abides with you always. And he is teaching you and leading you into all of these truths. It's a promise. You are secured in guarantee of this inheritance and sealed in fullness. And so you have all of these in operation. They are characteristics of God that are found by the spirit in fullness. Don't separate them. It's the fruit, the fruit, the fruit. One thing, full thing. We are one body, right? One spirit, one God. Anyways, go all the way through it, but I'm not going to. I'm going to pull that scripture up too, but I'm not going to. We're just going to stay on point here. Galatians 5, 22, the infamous passage that everybody doesn't read up there on the top where we just read. 5, 19 through 21 tells you what not to do. Everybody wants the sugar-coated edition of stuff, right? They don't want the consequences. They don't want the expectations, the accountability. Read the scriptures in fullness, in fullness. They're sharpening. They're encouraging they're edifying. They will build you up into who you are called to be for his glory in the kingdom of God as a child of God. You will be a 
a child of God. You will be the fullness if you just read the full thing, right? It's the whole thing. You got to know what to do and what not to do. How are you supposed to know what to do if you don't know what not to do? Anyways, there's a line. Don't cross it. Don't get super close to the line either. Trying to sit there and see how close you can get to it. Make sure that you know the line and that you're a hundred yards away from it. That you can't even see the line. That's how far away you are. Because you're so focused on walking with God by the Spirit in love and truth and light. You don't want anything to do. What fellowship does darkness have with light? Anyways, so we're here at 22, and yes, I'll read it. But please know, we just read all of what not to do. So I'm just, let's reiterate that. And he says that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit, as, as you walk with God, this is what you will produce, the fruit, what you bear what you grow into, what you become more of, what you have in operation within your light so that everybody can see as you yield the fruit of the Spirit is, be, are, you are, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And end scene. There it closes right there. And so what are we saying here? You... Are sitting there with all of these unopened presents under a Christmas tree. We'll go that route with this analogy. If there are things that you are not walking in that are listed here, you just haven't accepted those. They're a gift that's waiting for you to operate in and you haven't opened them yet. They're there though, all of them. And they're all yours. You just have to open them. And you open them by raising your hands, lifting them up, worshiping God, ready to receive, right? And then he gives those to you in fullness. You will know what it looks like to love others. You will know what it looks like to be in joy, where the joy of the Lord is your strength, not happiness and all of that you know worldly stuff it's joy what does it look like to be filled up to the fullness of god who fills all in all in these departments of joy of love of peace yes i'm reiterating every single one of them patience full of peace nothing Nothing that comes up against you in any circumstances is going to shake you and it won't move you. You will be in peace and you will stay in peace. You don't lose your temper. You don't go off on someone. You don't let circumstances steal your peace. And the same thing with joy. 
you maintain joy even in the saddest of circumstances. Your joy is now complete in him, is what the scripture says. It's made complete. What is the completeness of joy? And have you reached out to receive it and accepted it in fullness as yours, right? And these things are, are available to us. Patience. How many times do people say, don't pray for patience? Boy, girl, I don't know who you are, but tell you one thing. You don't need to pray for it because it's already yours. Patience is already yours. The fullness of it is already yours. You just need to walk in it. It's an identity thing, man. What are you identifying with? Are you identifying with the old you that was impatient and would, you know, fly off the handle if someone was late or be like overly dramatic about whatever? Someone taking too long? Putting, you know, all sorts of kinds of things like, are you that person? Or are you a son of God or daughter of God? Choices, right? So then, then before you know it, you start practicing these things and these become what you operate in and that you lean into the understanding that God has for you in these circumstances. And then all of a sudden, people are acknowledging, man, how can you be so patient? Why are you so peaceful? Why is it that every time I talk to you, there's a calmness? Why are you so joyful? Your dog just died. You lost your job and you're on the brink of just breaking down completely. Or you would be if you weren't so joyful. It doesn't make sense. Why are you so joyful? All glory and all honor goes to God because without him, without Jesus, who literally was raised up, right? And then he is seated with God in heavenly places as an heir, right? Of all of this. He's in full authority. And so through him, all these things are already conquered. And then he turns around and he sends the helper, sends the, our counselor, our comforter, our teacher, our guidance counselor to guide us through all of these things, right? He sends Holy Spirit. And so we are not left alone. We're not abandoned. We are always in the presence of God. The presence of God is in us, right? And so then we have this confidence that no matter what comes, if we trust in him, if we choose to humble ourselves, if we choose to pray, if we choose to turn from the wickedness of this world, repent of those things and come to him, then abundance of joy, abundance of peace, abundance of patience, abundance of love, abundance of kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is yours in fullness, right? He's trying his best to tell them, you crucified, you killed, you put to death all these things. So this is yours. The fullness of this is yours and you will bear that kind of fruit as you 
walk by the Spirit. As you turn from these things, you will inherit the kingdom of God. And so be called children of God. So I challenge you guys to think about this, meditate on this, consider these things. God says to come and let us reason together. Hash it out with him. You know, prayer is just talking to God. That's all it is. How often do you just talk to God about scripture, about trying to reason this stuff out? Like, hey, what in the world does this mean, God? I'd like to know. Teach me. What does this stuff mean? And how does it pertain to me? What am I doing and what am I not doing according to your ways? Show me. You said that that the uh, nothing can remain hidden in the darkness, that your light exposes it. So light up my life, God. Expose all of these things. Show me. Psalm 139, 23 through 24. If that's where you're at right now in your walk and you're wanting to learn and you're wanting to grow and you want to know what it's like to be a child of God in fullness, go over to Psalm 139 and make this your prayer in 23 and 24. Psalm 139 is really good anyways, but I'll read it real quick. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. So you're trading it out. You're trading it out. All right, you guys. I hope that you have had a wonderful, blessed experience here on Declaring War. I see that a few people have come on. Maggie Cavanaugh says, hey. Uh, yep. Amen. Amen. Yep. That's exactly right. And I am going to see you next week, same time, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time here at WVTC Radio. Remember, you guys. God loves you. Views made on the preceding program are not those of WVTC Radio, iNetworks Communications, or their financial supporters. Winning victory through Christ, WVTC Allsip Chicago, and iNetworks Communications Station. Thank you so much for listening to this visit of the Declaring War segment by the RSVP Show. We hope these moments of reflection and stillness for victory in your pursuit of God were a blessing to you. We encourage you to continue to worship, apply, and read the Word of God every single day while today is still today. Stay connected with April at April D. Metzler through social media. New music singles and her debut music album are available to add to your favorite playlist on streaming platforms. And you can get a copy of her book wherever books are sold. Learn more about the great things she is doing to bless God and his people on her website at aprildmetzler.com. Thank you for joining this visit with us. Always remember, God loves you.